Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. Welcome to the first session of Sexology Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about mindfulness and sexuality and how we can increase our pleasure and connection using this ancient practice. My guest today is Dr. Albert Wong. Dr. Wong is a clinical psychologist and the director of somatic psychology at John F. Kennedy University. He has ex- received extensive training in couples therapy from some of the nation's leading relationship experts. I personally had a pleasure of working with Dr. Wong in the same department, and I can confidently tell you He's one of the best. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So here is my conversation with Dr. Albert Wong. My guest today is Dr. Albert Wong. Dr. Wong is a clinical psychologist and the director of somatic psychology at John F. Kennedy University. Today, we're going to talk about sexuality and mindfulness practices. Dr. Wong, welcome to our show. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, just an, a pleasure to be here. Of course. Thank you for your time. So let us start with learning a little bit about you and you, how did you get interested in mindfulness practices? Yeah, sure. So I grew up kind of not very mindfully. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I, I'm from Tennessee and, and, uh, I was very much in the sciences, and so you know, I was very much in my head, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know how to feel or sense my body or intuition, or just have a, a an ability to to drop into experience. And 
I came to a point where I was kind of following this scientific route because that's what my father had uh, kind of been and I wanted to be like him. But once I had gotten to that place where I was following up and becoming the future young physicist of the world, I, I, I realized that I, I wanted to have more experience uh, than just kind of math and numbers and, and, and figures. And, and so people were more important. And so, you know, I, I, but I didn't know how to make the decision. I didn't know how to tune in. And so I tried to figure it out with my head, like reason <laughs> it out and pros and cons and what should I do. But um, that really wasn't working because I would just spin myself round and round and round. And then eventually I ended up at a place called the Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California. And among the many things that I discovered there was something called mindfulness, which really was about tuning into yourself, tuning into how you're feeling and what's happening kind of on an emotional, bodily, kind of sensory level. And when I came in touch with that part of my body and being, the answers for what I should be doing seemed to you know, they, they seem to get more still and I, I found a place of centeredness and quiet and, and it felt like all the questions that, which I had been trying to figure out rationally uh, were, were answered if I just listened to the wisdom that was coming from being mindful, from being still and listening uh, in, a, in a way that was just different from the scientific rational route. It was just listening, listening with the full being, listening with the full body. And um, that's, that's really what brought me to mindfulness. Wow, what a wonderful story. And thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, as I shared earlier in the episode, this episode, I had a pleasure of working with you. And I've, I've noticed that mindfulness is a big part of your practice and way of being. And I heard wonderful things about your work with the couples, <laughs> which <laughs> is <thanks>. great, yes. <laughs> and so I wanted to hear a little bit more about that. What do you think, what are the effects of mindfulness training and body awareness? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that uh, mindfulness is one of the best things that's been <laughs> basically rediscovered uh, in the last 20, 20 years or so. I think there's lots of benefits just for your own mental health. Um, mm. You know, there's there's studies about how it reduces stress. It's good for anxiety. It's good for depression. It's good for you know you know some more severe psychological issues, eating disorders, borderline. You know, just just a lot of different psychological issues. It, it's really helpful with. But also, I think in couples, particularly, it's it's uh, amazingly helpful. So, so the, the notion of, of mindfulness is basically this intention to be really present with what's happening moment to moment, like this whole catchphrase of be here now. And um, it's easier said than done, but, but if you are able to just kind of drop into the present moment with what is right here, you know, it, th then there's, then you, then you actually really start to make contact and see what's in front of you. Um, a lot of times we, we go through life and we don't really experience or contact uh, the, the world that we inhabit. 
And the same is true in relationships. Sometimes we go through the motions in relationship without really seeing the other person, without really being with the other person. And so mindfulness is really an invitation to be present in the moment, in the here and now, and just slow down a bit and make contact. You know, there, there, there's all these studies, uh, I mean, in particular, so mindfulness is both kind of awareness, right, in the present moment, but it's also this kind of generous attitude, this uh, experience of um, kind of openness or acceptance towards whatever sensation or person you're, you're, you're with. And, you know, one of the things that uh, can be most detrimental to a relationship is the feeling of non-acceptance, the feeling of judgmentalness. And so mindfulness really invites us to cultivate openness, to cultivate acceptance, to kind of just um, learn how to be with what is whatever that is. And, and when we do that with the partner, then it creates safety. And when there's safety, then sometimes the things which kind of, you know, are, you know, it, it, it just makes it more people, people more able to let go, connect, to feel, to feel all sorts of things, you know, emotions, uh, sexual desire. So, so mindfulness has so much to, to, to give to us in, in that way. I mean, I could go on. There's, 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 there's these sexual, there, there's these studies, sorry. <laughs> there are these right. studies about mindfulness and sexuality, which mm-hmm. I think is one important aspect of intimacy, you know, and there's all sorts of others, but, you know, just in terms of people who, they, they, they did a study, I think, at uh, Brown University. Right. And, like, pe- people who were practicing mindfulness, a uh, woman who had had some kind of challenges with sexual desire actually um, were able to, after practicing mindfulness, that their that their that their pleasure in th- their sexual relationships actually increased. And I think a lot of it has to do with just being able to be attuned to their own bodies, uh, kind of the experience of pleasure. Sometimes you know just we don't even feel what's going on. So, Absolutely. You know, yeah. And yeah. And so, so I think it helps on that level. I think it helps with connection because when we feel connected with our partner, you know, that, that, that creates um, so much possibility for just intimacy, emotional intimacy, sexual intimacy, you know, and, and I think there's one of the things about mindfulness is it's not, particularly goal oriented. I mean, the, the, I mean, at least the, the, the notion is you, the, the goal is to let go of goals. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of, you just kind of be present with what is. And, you know, there, there's ways of having, um, being sexually intimate, which are really not very intimate. There's, I guess you could call it kind of disconnected sex versus connected sex you know, where the person in disconnected sex might be more worried about performance or, you know, individual pleasure. But in connected sex, um, it's really about just relating with the other person and connecting and just relishing that connection and just enjoy and savoring kind of the, the experience uh, of just being with another person wherever you go. And when you give yourself permission to go wherever and let it be okay, so much can unfold. 
so much richness can unfold. And so, yeah, I, I think that mindfulness has uh, just so much potency and power in terms of connecting us with ourselves and our own kind of bodies and beings in our own mental health and also connecting us with other people. Um, there's, there's been a lot in terms of mindfulness that's focused on kind of individual practice where you kind of close your eyes and tune into your own body. But I think there's, you know, ways of being relationally mindful as well, where you are aware and accepting not just of yourself and your experience, but aware and accepting of the other person um, and their experience too. And, and then kind of, it's almost like you create this energetic circuit <laughs> when <laughs> you're aware of them and they're aware of you. And it's kind of becomes this lovely dance of connectedness. So, yeah. So, so, so I think, you know, mindfulness, there's, there's so much value that mindfulness has for kind of our, our individual experience and our, our human relationships. Yeah, and you brought an excellent point about uh, relational mindfulness, because I know sometimes it's more comfortable for people to tune in to what's going on inside individually. But what I experienced with some of the couples is that even when they're intimate, everyone, they're so disconnected, as you mentioned, they are in like different world and they don't, they don't know what's going on inside their body or their partner. So what are some of your recommendations you have for couples to get, to be more mindful uh, while they're intimate? Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, just that, um, you know, sometimes the practice is just kind of inward rather than relational. So, you know, and the good news is the, the inward work helps, right? Because it kind of helps you start to get in touch with yourself, but absolutely. it's not, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> but it's not, it's not, it's not the end point, right? Cause, cause we aren't going to go around <laughs> kind of uh, just in our own little bubbles with our eyes closed, sitting Zazen, you know, so a lot of it's just practice and there's this transition point um, from kind of inner sitting meditation to kind of relational contact and treating that as its own meditation. So, you know, the, the, there are things that you can do, like just as you sit with a partner, um, you can just practice just like you'd practice a, a sitting meditation. You know, you can say, let's sit together. For a while and let's just be present and aware with each other and sometimes it's helpful just like to make a little ritual out of it mm -hmm. right uh, and just maybe we'll do it for 15 minutes and just you know sit together and sometimes you can do something like just eye gazing exercise so just looking into each other's eyes and just being still and recognizing and honoring the person in front of you recognizing that they too have suffering that they too are dealing with a lot of challenges that they too are just a, a, a part of you as well and so if you can even just set aside five minutes a day just to take time just to look at each other and have an awareness uh, of each other uh, independent of whatever your mind kind of has has made up about the person mm -hmm. but just to actually really see them and just really be aware of them. Another practice which people can do, which I think is great, is, and this is 
so, so, the, so the first practice of just eye gazing, kind of with soft eyes, mm-hmm. with kind of a, an attitude of openness, is kind of focused on the awareness aspect, just being open and aware of them. But if you can have a practice of gratitude, mm-hmm. um, like each day if you set aside a little bit of time and just um, express gratitude towards your partner, you know, I think that really creates an openness um, and a feeling of acceptance of being accepted and an attitude of acceptance in the relationship, which is just a principle of mindfulness. And, and I think that, that, that adds so much. The other thing that I can say is just, is just to talk, <laughs> just to talk, <laughs> right? Because I think, uh, especially kind of with issues of sexuality, there's so much shame. There's so much like, I don't know, messages from whether it's culture or society or, just our own familial upbringings about what we should or shouldn't do around sex. And, you know, and so oftentimes it becomes swept under the rug. And so even just talking, you know, the Mm -hmm. best antidote to shame is really just to talk. (laughs) Right. And so if you can just, you know, create open lines of communication where you can, you know, talk about what you want and realize that that's okay. Because I think one of the things that sometimes happens in couples is that, you know, we, we expect our partners to be mind readers. <laughs> you right. Know? And, so and, true. And, and, yeah. And, and kind of there's this belief that, like, if, if you don't know what I want, you don't love me. Right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, if, if my partner really, really loved me, they'd know what I need. Right, and, and we don't talk about it as and, well. And, 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 right. and you don't talk about it, and then, and then you don't get it, and then you feel really resentful and mm-hmm. unloved and unlovable. And, 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 you know, and, and so even just talking about what, what you want or need is, is just so helpful and reparative, you know, in terms of relationships. So, you know, communication is so valuable. Even just kind of spending, creating sacred time together, you know, special time you know, and I think sometimes couples have this belief that sex should be kind of spontaneous mm-hmm. and, you know, this should happen. And, you know, if you, if you actually plan it out, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's not real sex, but, you know, I think people forget that, you know, when, when people kind of first went out on dates or whatever that is, you know, that, that on some level that was kind of you planned to have sex or you prepared, you know, for the uh, potentiality of it. And so even just creating ritual and space and time set aside, that's special. I think it helps people feel safe and secure. And, and when people feel safe and secure, then energies that are blocked, kind of particularly kind of sexual energies can, can start to, to be more accessed. There's, there's this notion of what they sometimes call the vigilance center that, um, you know, we have to feel safe mm-hmm. in order to feel sexual. Right. And that oftentimes, you know, we, we we're scared or we're stressed and, um, we need to, um, be nurtured and, uh, connected with and, um, held in a certain way. And that when we are, uh, held in, in a certain way, we start to feel safe and our vigilance center starts to let go and mm-hmm. we can start to allow feelings that were otherwise dormant to emerge. And uh, yeah, so, so that's, those are some things you can do to, to really um, help uh, with 
rekindling uh, sexual desire. Right. So what I'm hearing is that you say, like with nurturing the relationship part, people can improve their intimacy and intimate relationship. And earlier you brought up a very good point that I've been thinking about it. I know with being mindfulness, you are mindful of positive and negative emotions. One thing I hear from some of my clients is that when they are mindful during intimacy and uh, sexual activities, they experience this intense shame. And that's uh, kind of changed things for them. And they, they, they want to zone out and they kind of get turned off by mindfulness because of that. What is your recommendation around that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, it, it is such, especially for, you know, people who, you know, have given, been given certain messages about this is not good, this is not okay. You know, shame is a, 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 just kind of at first a natural response, you know, it is going to emerge. And what I'd say is, you know, one, talk about it with your partner, because frequently kind of shame is about us feeling like we're bad, <laughs> like right. we, we're, we're bad for what we're doing. And I think there's such a huge opportunity to recognize that even though we might have been given those messages in the past, that the partner who's with us now doesn't think we're bad. Right. And if we can let our partner hold that with us, that kind of that feeling of shame that we have, you know, and, and share it and, and kind of break that cycle of shame. Um, you know, th there's this notion that when we become ashamed, our bodies sometimes freeze up. There's, mm -hmm. there's just this, it's a nervous system thing. Like we go into, like when we're under threat, we go into fight or freeze. And like shame is, is very much about a freeze response. And so if we can start to just with a partner who is loving and kind and accepting and mindful with us, um, if we can even just, just in the moment let ourselves be uh, loved and nurtured by them, like talking about the shame as it arises, my experience with couples is that slowly, bit by bit, and it takes time, but if you let your partner hold the shame with you, and love you and help you realize that you're not bad, right. <laughs> that it's okay to engage and, and be sexual and, and participate in a loving relationship, that, that things become, uh, things move into beautiful directions, right? And that the, the shame eventually um, becomes replaced by a realization that this is okay, <laughs> And that it's it's not bad. You're not bad, and that you can um, experience not just kind of sex in a zoned out way, kind right. of by turning off the mind, but uh, that you actually are in relationship with a loving partner who welcomes this part of you, who says yes to to you, who who doesn't think that you're bad at all, who actually sees you as beautiful and worthy and lovable. And that that kind of sexual experience, when you let your partner hold the shame and melt the shame with you and love you through the shame so that the shame slowly starts to dissipate and melt away, you know, then, then it becomes something 
uh, really tremendously beautiful. Now, now this is easier said than done because <laughs> it, it's hard. You know, I mean, that's what shame is. Shame is about wanting to isolate and wanting just to go hide and kind of not talk and, you know, so, so what I would encourage is just, I guess, several things that, you know, just to, just to view the shame as part of the experience, um, part of, I mean, because I think sometimes we get caught up in this notion of, well, sex should look a certain way, <laughs> right? right? It should be, okay, you know, we have this kind of spontaneous romantic thing where we both kind of simultaneously orgasm. We see kind of bright, shining mm-hmm. star you know, fireworks. And then, you know, <laughs> it, it, you know, and then only in Hollywood, like right happily right. ever after. Right. And, and I think, you know, there, I think there, and this is what mindfulness kind of promotes, just this notion of kind of expanded sense of um, kind of the role of intimacy that, that sharing your shame with a partner and just is, is such a, you know, just talking about your feeling so alone or so scared or so afraid or sad or, you know, all of those things that that connectedness is part of the journey of intimacy, you know, that, that intimacy is writ large. It's not just kind of a genital experience. It's a heart experience. It's a whole body experience. And, you know, just that the act of letting somebody hold this deep part inside you that you, you, you never, it's so hard to, to let anybody in, but the act of letting somebody hold your shame, your shameful places with you, that is so deeply intimate. And, you know, that, and, and that, that that experience itself can be as blissful right. as in, in, in a real way orgasmic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's kind of in an expanded sense of the phrase that it's not just, we don't just kind of experience just this notion of release through our genitals. We experience release through our whole body system sometimes. And when we let our partner into these intimate parts of ourselves, like our shame about sex and let them hold it. And, and then frequently there's experiences of, you know, first in the different stages of disbelief that somebody could actually, you know, think that I'm okay or that I'm not bad or that this, what I'm doing isn't bad. And when you can actually soften and let somebody hold that, there is this amazing release as well. That is um, very much along the flavor of a kind of, kind of a full body, letting go a kind of, um, it's, it's like a, a, an orgasm through the heart, like where you're letting them hold your heart, uh, and hold your shame and hold your whole being in a way that's so intimate that, um, you know, that, that, that too is, um, just, I would say that if you, if you're feeling shame when you're experiencing sex, that, that that's okay. And that actually, shows you the way through that, that the shame is a sign that shows you, ah, this is what your relationship, this is where your relationship is. And this is what, this is where the intimacy could be 
most deeply next made in allowing my partner to hold this feeling with me. And Because I, I think in, in many ways that's what sex can be. Mindful intimacy, mindful sexuality uh, can be. It's like whatever you're experiencing, letting somebody hold that with you, uh, whatever that is. And when you can get into that place, there's this kind of synchronous resonance uh, that you can have with your partner that, that, you know, it's not just about a physical act anymore. It's about connecting and relating and having really mindfully deep experiences together that um, kind of transcend just a physical act. So, um, yeah, but, and, 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 and it, and it's challenging. I mean, sometimes it's helpful to have just, you know, whether it's a, ther- a therapist like yourself, just guiding people through. I think that, you know, I, I, I know kind of your, I mean, I, I always loved kind of coming in and kibitzing with you and you're such a wonderful, warm uh, clinician. And, you know, I think just your own attitude of warmth and openness and the ways in which you help people realize that, you know, it's okay to feel this, you know, and you're not bad. Uh, and, and I think your own kind of stance of openness and positivity towards sexuality will can transmit to clients. And, and so having somebody like you who really kind of helps to de-shame <laughs> the experience and, and even bringing in kind of the partner together, uh, you know, just to talk about it. And, and I think that that is really the antidote, you know, ha- just talking about shame and connecting and not isolating because the way shame tends to kind of stay intact is uh, by kind of causing us to isolate ourselves. And, and I think just the, the invitation is when we feel shame, it's just to, just to reach out, just to reach out to, to people who we feel safe with, who we can trust, a, a therapist, and then maybe eventually a partner, and then let them hold it with us, and then maybe melt it away, and then we can let it go. So, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Wang. That was very kind of you to say that and share your information with us and with our audience. And I'm, I want to be mindful of the time. And uh, before we end today's episode, I was curious, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, sure. So, so I have a private practice in San Rafael, California. Uh, I have a website and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd be delighted to kind of hear from people. So uh, my website is uh, dralbertwong.com. So dralbertwong, W-O-N-G.com. And uh, you, they can also contact me uh, by phone. It's 415-545-8899 is my private practice. And you know, also uh, my email information is on my website. So yeah, I, 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 it's such an honor to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's great to connect again. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And I'll make sure I put the information in show notes so people who are interested are able to get a hold of you. And again, it's been an honor to hear your thoughts and experience on this topic. Yeah, of course. My pleasure always. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Wong. There were so many things that I learned in that episode about the importance of staying in our bodies during sex 
and practicing mindfulness. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please take a moment and leave us an honest review. I would really appreciate that. Thank you again, everyone, and have a lovely week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.